Okay, well, pastor's sick tonight. That's why um, I'm here uh, with you. Um, Graham asked me before, he said, so what's the title for tonight? I said, I have no idea. Just make one up or random thoughts or something like that. But let's turn to James, shall we? James chapter 1. Um, I've got a long one. I'm going to see if I can compete with uh, Pastor Fisher. And see if you'll be just as excited. (laughs) No, not really. Serious. Just a few thoughts. Uh, Pastor said, just bring a short devotional. I said, well, I'm I'm reading in Chronicles at the moment. Just started with all the genealogy, you know, at the beginning of Chronicles. He said, yeah, just read a chapter of that and then close in prayer. (laughs) Anyway. I've been meditating in James chapter 1, so I thought we'd go there. We will end up in Chronicles, but not to do a genealogy and not to sort of go through a list of names. But uh, James chapter 1, we might start from verse 1 and read to about verse 12 and then have a word of prayer. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting, my brethren... Count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted, but the rich in that he is made low. Because as the flower of the grass, he shall pass away. For the sun is no sooner risen with a burning heat, but it withereth the grass, and the flower thereof falleth, and the grace of the fashion of it perisheth. So also shall the rich man fade away in his ways. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them, to them that love him. All right, let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we just commit ourselves to you tonight. We uh, are gathered here for prayer meeting. It's the middle of the week. Many are weary. Many are uh, just weary from last week too, from the conference. And we thank you, Lord. It's a good weariness. But we do just pray that you'd help us now just to concentrate for a few minutes to look into your word and glean from it. Father, we do pray for those who are sick tonight. We do think of our sister Trish, commit her to you and pray that you would just continue to give her grace day by day and the family too. Just witness to those you would want to reach through her sickness at this time. Think of Laurel too. Thank you that she's getting better from being ill this week and I think of Heather, Lou's wife, and just commit her to you and others, Lord, that come to our minds. Lord, just minister to them, we pray. Father, we thank you now. 
ask for your guidance in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, as I said, I've just been meditating in this passage and uh, just chewing over it. Sometimes I grab a, a, you know, a passage like this and just go over it day by day for a while, you know, and just let it sort of sink in. And I don't know whether this will help you, but it's helped me. I, I don't know about you, but I struggle with verse 2. I struggle with this chapter when it says, My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into divers' temptations. But I do know that the word of God is true. So you sort of, okay, you struggle with verses, but you think, well, there's something here for me, or it's right, you know. And how do you know it's right? Well, one thing, you know, the, the author has been through it. The author knows it's true. He wrote it under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. James here, uh, I, I've really sort of, I've been struck as to how many times he says, my brethren. You know, he says it here in verse 2, my brethren. Uh, down in verse uh, about 16, he says, do not err, my beloved brethren. And I think there's three references in James, he calls them, my beloved brethren. And that's a real term of endearment. You know, James knew what it was to love the people of God. He was the brother, the half-brother of Jesus. Now, he didn't love God for a time. You know, he didn't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, his own brother, until possibly after the resurrection. Certainly, if, if not after the resurrection, you know, just close before the crucifixion. But uh, he grew up with Jesus and he didn't believe. But here, he's a, he's a believer, he's, a, he's one of the pillars of the church now, uh, and, and here he's speaking to those, the, the tribes that are scattered abroad, and he says, my brethren, my brethren. And he says, my beloved brethren. Verse 16 says it, and then again in verse 19, wherefore, my beloved brethren, beloved brethren. So, you know, this is a chapter for us. This is a book for us. It's such a practical book. And, you know, I love, you know, I love the admonitions of uh, Dr. Gibbs, you know, talking about his dad, remember? And uh, uh, his father's verse was verse 5, you know, if any man lack wisdom. And remember, Brother Gibbs's father would come to the Lord and say, uh, Lord, it's Earl here, and I lack. And this was his verse, you know, uh, and, uh, and, and, and he would ask God for wisdom. I say this, you know, it's a great passage talking about wisdom, if we lack wisdom. But, you know, it struck me as I was just meditating this passage. As I said, I struggle with when, when it talks about diverse temptations, to rejoice. You know, we all have periods and sometimes there's waves of temptation comes upon us. Because this here can be talking about testing as in, uh, you know, uh, torture, like physical, um, uh, you know, persecution, or it can be speaking about literal temptation, temptations of the flesh, temptation, the pride of life, temptation, the lust of the, the eyes. Uh, it can be talking about that too. And it says, count it all joy when you fall into diverse or many varying temptations. I, think, I, I, I just, I don't enjoy temptations. Or testings. I mean, temptations can look 
alluring, can't they, to us? And like, wow. But then you know as a child of God that, hang on, I've got to resist temptations like Jesus did. And, uh, and resist temptations like the temptations of Satan in the wilderness to him with the scriptures. But to rejoice in it? How, why? I mean, it's something to shun, isn't it? You know, temptation to resist. How can I get joy in it? How can I want this? Well, I think, I think, and you can correct me or just meditate on it. I'm, like I said, random thoughts, throwing it out to you. You know, I think it's to do with the fact that our faith needs to be tested. If faith is really faith, it's got to be testable, doesn't it? And so our faith is tested day by day. You think that's right? I think that's right. And I think we need it, you know. And so in that sense, we can rejoice when temptations or testings come our way because God designs it. Now that's sort of, you enter into a sort of a a minefield because, well, does God tempt us? Well, no, he doesn't. Because we come to that later on after verse 12, you know. Let no man say when he is tempted, I'm tempted of God. But God allows it because we have fallen into sin. Mankind fell into sin from Adam. And now when when we say we have faith, we have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, we have faith in God, well, it's got to be tested. It's got to bear the... You know, you don't, you don't buy, we don't go and buy a, uh, a Toyota car, do we, without knowing that they tell us so over and over again, it's been tested. It's been tested. It's been through the mill. We've put it through all these loops and hoops and, and tests and put, you know, so much weight on the back of it and on the front of it and spun, you know, big heavy weights on it or whatever. But we've put it through the ropes and it's testable and it's, you know, you can be, you can be confident to buy a, 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 a Toyota or whatever car, or whatever. We test things. It has to be tested. And folks, if our faith is real, then it's got to be testable. It's got to be testable. And the only way it can be tested is through resisting temptation when it comes our way, or bearing through testings, be it persecution or whatever sort of testing, or just being ridiculed for our faith. You know, Jesus was ridiculed. We can't expect not to be. You know, the disciple is not above his master. So this passage talks about the fact that, you know, we're going to be be tested, diverse or varying temptations. And then knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. That's how we grow. That's how we we, uh, flourish as a Christian, to be tested and grow a bit, tested and grow a bit, stretched, pushed, so to speak. You know, and, and then, you know, you could say, well, that drop that subject quickly and go into wisdom, you know, verse 5. Uh, well, lack, if you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Oh, get away from tent, temptation, testings. But, you know, it dawned on me that when it talks about asking for wisdom here, that it's in the context of temptations. 
because we spoke of temptation, it speaks of temptations and testings in verse 2 and then verse 5 comes in of lacking wisdom, ask of God, but then drop down to verse 12 and after giving us seemingly different subjects, seemingly, you know, wisdom and, and then talking about in verses 9 and 10 about, you know, brother of low degree, rejoice in that he is exalted but the rich in that he is made low in other words we're all the same really whether we have much or we have little you know God sees us as all the same and whether we're whether we're rich or whether we're poor this life is very short it's not going to last for very long it's like the grass that withereth it says there in in verse uh, 10, because as the flower of the grass, he shall or she shall pass away. Our life is just a vapour, says in many other places, you know. So our life, whether we're rich or poor or, or uh, you know, this colour or that colour is very short. But then suddenly he jumps back into verse 12 into temptations again. You see that? See, the fact is when, 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 a, when, when he talks about it there in verse 2 and 3 and then suddenly he talks about it again in verse 12, is he more random than I am? Well, I don't think so. He wrote this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. I'm only giving you random thoughts. But James is speaking about temptation from verses 2 right through to verse 12. He just sort of, he went off into these other things but, you know, the man that lacks wisdom, and I frankly lack wisdom in regards to the things of temptation. So I need to ask God for help as to how to resist, for one, how to count it all joy, how to sort of handle it and go through it. Because verse 12 sort of says, Blessed, blessed is the man that endureth temptation. In other words, is tested and proven that his faith stands. Blessed is the man, the woman, the boy, the girl, that endureth temptation for when he or she is tried, he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Pastor DeMichael said something last week that uh, sort of resonated, I sort of thought, oh, Oh, I think he's right. And he didn't speak too much about it, but he spoke about the crowns, you know, in scriptures. And he said there's perhaps five crowns in scriptures. And here's one of them, the crown of life. He said, but what I do know is that you don't receive the crowns unless you finish. And I'm not looking, we're not going to study the crowns tonight. But remember in 2 Timothy, Paul speaks about I've nearly finished. And he says to Timothy, and I shall receive a crown of righteousness. But he was about to finish, didn't, wasn't he? And he said, and so will all that follow on and finish, basically. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I'm sort of adding to it. But. So it's a matter of finishing. And it seems to be that here. Blessed is the man, the woman, that endureth temptation. Endureth is proven, is tested. For when he is tried, when he is tried and finished, 
He shall receive the crown of life which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. There's only one other reference to the crown of life in Scripture and that's in Revelation 2 and I think it's about verse 10 speaking to the church at Sardis and they were going through tribulation as in persecution, tribulation. He said, hang on, finish, keep going and you shall receive the crown of life. So sort of dovetail that together. Like I said, pretty random sorts of thoughts but I just pray it may sort of encourage you as it's encouraged me just to sort of meditate on this and sort of then dovetailing it with verse 5. Lord, I lack wisdom, you know. I really need more wisdom in regards to testings and temptation. This prayer meeting night, maybe that's a thing we could ask for and ask the Lord for wisdom in these areas and uh, ask the Lord for wisdom in how to just grow in patience just to be more patient and uh, let it have, you know, in verse 4, but let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect. And that perfect doesn't mean, you know, sinless perfection or anything, it just means complete, complete in our Christian walk, entire, wanting nothing. You know, I have to admit, I lack. I lack in this matter. I can't count it all joy when I fall into diverse temptations. I really struggle, you know, and waves of temptation come on us at times and, and you just want to fall into it, but then you know the scriptures and you say, no, I won't, you know. And the verse in verse 16, I alluded it to, to you before, but James says, do not err, do not err. Err means to, well, fall into temptation. Err means to... Swerve out of the way, doesn't it? You know? But we're to keep on the way. Keep in the way. Keep looking unto Jesus. Do not err, my beloved brethren. He just pleads with them. Do not err. Over in chapter 5, and we won't go there, he says, but if, if someone does err, if someone does err and, and someone else sort of brings them back, you know, encourage them, get alongside of those that err. You see someone err, you know, get alongside them. Don't condemn them because you could err yourself, you know, suddenly err. But if you see someone err, get alongside of them and win them back. He says, uh, I think, oh, let's, let's just jump over there. Chapter 5 and pretty close to the end. Uh, hmm. Can anybody see it? I can't just see it now. Verse 20, thank you. All right, right at the end. (laughs) Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth and one convert him, so get alongside of and help and help him to turn back to the Lord, let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. It's not talking about being saved again. It's talking about brethren that have gone and erred. I believe that. I believe that's the case anyway. Because, you know, back in 16, it says, confess your faults one to another. We still sin, don't we? We're still tempted to sin every day. And uh, we're still sort of, uh, the devil would seek to cut his losses, so to speak, to turn us away from the faith, to derail us from the faith, to prove that we're not, you know, who we say we are, a follower of Jesus. Brethren, our faith must be tested. Must be tested. 
uh, if it's really faith. All right, come with me to uh, uh, Chronicles, and we'll finish in 1 Chronicles chapter uh, 4. 1 Chronicles chapter 4. That's where I was reading this morning, and I thought, oh, I'm going to bring that verse out. Or when pastor asked me, I thought, I'm bring that verse out. We won't read a list of... Uh, a list of names, but just chapter 4 and verses 9 and 10. It's interesting, this is the genie, you know, speaking about the tribe of Judah, but suddenly we, uh, we see an, a man by the name of Jabez, Jabez in verse 9. And it's interesting, but Jabez's genealogy is not even mentioned. It doesn't even tell who his father or mother was. Uh, we know nothing about this fellow Jabez except these two verses. And I thought, wow, it's interesting. And Jabez, so all I know is that he's of the tribe of Judah. I know nothing else about him. I don't know his mother. I don't know his father. And I don't think you'll find it either. But uh, it does tell me that Jabez was more honourable than his brethren. And his mother called his name, like I said, doesn't tell us his mother's name, but obviously Jabez was known to the Israelites or he became known to the Israelites. So uh, they knew who, uh, who the writer's talking about, but we don't really. Uh, but anyway, his mother called his name Jabez and Jabez means grief, grief and sorrow. And uh, because I bear him, with sorrow. But look at in verse 10 what Jabez asked of the Lord. And, you know, this is Jabez's prayer, if you like. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed, and enlarge my coast, and that thine hand might be with me, and that thou wouldest keep me from evil, and that it may not grieve me. And I like the next section, says, and God granted him that which he requested. Isn't that a magnificent prayer? You know? And I think that could go along with uh, praying for wisdom in James chapter 1. You know, Jabez, Jabez's name means grief. But he said, Lord, save me from grief. And I think he was probably saying, Lord, save me from Grief to my parents? Save me from giving grief to my brethren? I mean, Jabez, in a sense, you know, cut the line. And we talk about that, don't we, as, as Christians, sort of, some, you know, a first-generation Christian, like uh, uh, changing the course of a family. We don't know much about Jabez apart from just what's written here. But I think Jabez prayed a good prayer. And uh, he didn't want to be a grief to his, to his parents, to, to his brethren. And uh, uh, I, I think in this you could say he was asking for the Lord to help him through temptations too. You know, that thou wouldest keep me from evil. I mean, temptation would have come Jabez's way just the same as it come up, comes our way. But he was able, by the grace of God, to say no, to resist. And he overcame. 
And, you know, Jabez, I believe, from what the scripture says here, he's received the crown of life. You know, in the same, you know, in correlating vein with what's given to us in the New Testament. Jabez received the crown of life. And he's, he's with the Lord now and he'd be saying to us, my brethren, you know, he'd be saying with James, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. I proved God. I proved God. I asked God for help and he enabled me. And, he, he, and, and by God's grace, I overcame evil. I overcame temptation. I looked unto the Lord and he helped me. I believe that's Jabez's prayer. I believe Jabez asked for wisdom, you know. It's not, you know, written in that vein, but, oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed, he says, and enlarge my coast, bless my family, enlarge my area, enlarge, you know, uh, save my kids, save my grandkids. Scriptures tell us that God granted him his request. It's magnificent, isn't it? Maybe tonight we could just ask the Lord for wisdom. But I think in the context of James chapter 1, ask the Lord for wisdom as to how to handle temptations tomorrow, how to handle the tests of life. And if reproach comes our way, you know, people reproach the name of Christ in front of us all the time. But Jesus, we can't expect not to be. Jesus was reproached. His disciples are going to be. How do you handle it? Well, Lord, give me wisdom to handle it. Give me wisdom to keep on trusting you no matter what happens. Give me wisdom that my faith might be tested and shown to be strong. Let's be like Jabez and call on the on the Lord and say, oh Lord, bless me indeed and enlarge my coast that your hand, thine hand might be with me and that thou wouldest keep me from evil, keep me from temptation. Give me the enablement to overcome temptation, testings when it comes and to keep my eyes on you no matter what happens through the day, through this week, through this year. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for your word. Thank you that it's living, it's alive. And what James spoke to the brethren was just as powerful as what Jabez said and prayed in his prayer. The Lord help us, we pray, in this week to be overcomers and to be determined by your grace, not of our own, works not of our own initiative but by your grace to just walk with you just to keep our eyes upon you and to overcome temptations testings and troubles in our lives lord we'll thank you in jesus name amen